Hi guys, and welcome to the third episode of the Powerful People podcast. My name is Beck Evans, and today's episode will be showcasing an interview I did with my friend Sophie Spencer. I met Sophie about three and a half years ago when we were traveling through Vietnam together. She is an amazing person. She's all around creative, lovely, and just a bubbly person. And she obviously had a lasting impression on me. I had so much fun recording this episode, and I hope you guys have fun listening to it. So without further ado, here is episode three of the Powerful People podcast. Welcome back to the Powerful People podcast. I am here with the amazing Sophie Spencer. Um, And just for a bit of background, Sophie and I met while we were doing a tour in Vietnam. Um, I believe it was with Gecko Adventures, who I think have now been absorbed by Intrepid. I'm not sure. Um, But but just for a little um, background story and a kind of a fun story that we shared was on this tour, we were in Halong Bay uh, and we did like an overnight boat cruise, which was amazing. Um, there was a lot of karaoke involved um, as well, which was great. <laughs> and um, there was, we decided we wanted to sleep on the top deck because we wanted to catch the sunrise over the bay in the morning. And um, it did not go to plan in that we woke up and it was overcast there was no sunset in sight and it was raining on us so that was fun um but yes but hello Sophie how are you hello I am absolutely wonderful so happy to be on here I'm so excited to get started before we get into like any questions do you want to just tell us like a little bit about yourself Okay, so um, my name's Soph. I am originally from Cairns, but I now live on the Sunshine Coast. I am a photographer. I went to university and did a degree in photography, majoring in social documentary. Um, And yeah, I am just kind of living the high life on the Sunshine Coast at the moment. I've spent a lot of my, I guess, adult years traveling and um especially solo traveling and it's actually quite nice to be taking it slower and um being like being a permanent resident somewhere and actually having a home um super unfamiliar for me but I am loving it I love that um so well we might get started into where it all began so you mentioned that you grew up in Cairns so what was that like for you what was your childhood like and what did it involve my childhood was look it was really good my childhood was wonderful um I was super busy I was doing dancing netball cheerleading I every afternoon was just completely chock-a-block with activities and which was awesome I was super fit um I was seen as that like really happy girl but um, I also struggled really, really badly with my mental health. Um, and it was also really quite difficult because people always thought that because I was that happy go-getter um, that I couldn't be depressed and I couldn't have anxiety problems. And so that was just, yeah, it was a bit hard with that because um, nobody ever seemed to believe me. Mm. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of been something that's been brought on through the rest of my yeah, life really. Mm. Uh, but yeah, my childhood was overall uh, pretty good. 
That's great. Um, so when about like um was it kind of your preteen, like adolescent when all you know you started struggling with that mental health? Um it got really bad in grade nine. Um I didn't realise that there's actually quite a lot from like my early childhood um of being bullied and grade five getting called names where I thought were actually like really cool names because I was in the cool group but they were actually taking the mickey out of me um being a little miss perfect and um yeah I didn't realize that it had affected me from that young age but yeah it got really bad when I was in that grade nine um I have always been someone that has wanted to fit in and wanted to have friends and um have always been chasing like love basically and I could never get it um and so yeah all through high school I I never like fit in in a group I had heaps of friends but like I didn't have my pals that really understood me and um I (laughs) with my dancing like I was constantly surrounded by these beautiful physiques and like gorgeous looking women and I really struggled to see myself as one of those people um and that was one of the things that really brought on my anxiety was just this like hatred for myself and for my body and um yeah looking back at it now it was (laughs) it was so toxic the environment I was in but um yeah like it's it's kind of been what's made me really really strong today um, and has given me this real deep love for my body in whatever shape it is in because like your body's changing every day mm-hmm. and like it's so powerful like and your body is so strong and capable and yeah I'm just I'm finding a lot of love for something that I used to really struggle with back in high school. That's um, that's so great because and you know and especially during that time period like that age it's just it can be so difficult but to see that you're so happy and so confident in like your body and who you are now it's really great and also um I've seen that you've been doing some women empowerment shoots they yeah. are so fantastic <laughs> yeah so that's been um oh it's just been so liberating and to be able to hold a space for women to come in front of the camera. I guess I'll give like a little overview on what it is. So I'm doing um, women's embodiment shoots to allow like women to step into their true divine self and be in front of a camera and completely love and embrace their body. Um, So we do like meditation at the start and we really get into a flow and a lot of them, depending on the woman, like we, do clothed or we do like just topless or we do completely nude photo shoots and to see like the progress of a woman from the start of the shoot to the end of the shoot like just the journey within that hour of her like really stepping into like this empowered strong state is so beautiful but it's also super liberating to be on the other side of the camera and be able to be a part of that journey um, and a part of that process is just, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, it, I can just imagine it would be so amazing to just facilitate that kind of self-discovery. That's so great. Yeah, super, it's super incredible. I'm um, getting hooked. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Well, I might ask then, um, 
when did you decide that you wanted to be a photographer content creator um so in grade 10 well like really it started when I was traveling with my family when I was like like seven years old I would always try to like fight for the camera off mom um or pull like the most ridiculous poses I've I've got like pretty much every single photo that my mom and dad took of me when I was at Alcatraz prison is me like pulling this like absurd dancer pose um (laughs) it's just I I always loved cameras. I loved being in front of them. I loved being behind them. I just thought they were these magnificent creations that could tell and share so much. Um, And so I've always been really interested. But yeah, grade 10, I got my first DSLR for my birthday. And I just spent like every opportunity I could being outside, taking photos of flowers and getting my friends over at sunset to take photos. And, um, yeah, it stemmed from a pretty young age and I, um, I just think there's a lot of power in it. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what do you think has been like a, what has been the biggest struggle for you, um, as a photographer, would you say? I, I think it's in, in the authenticity, um, especially when I was doing my content creation, it's so easy to get like absorbed into this. Okay. Well, what's going to sell, what's going to be good on Instagram and kind of forget about your ethics um, and what you actually value the most. And so I really struggled with that um, in the first few years of doing content creation, um, especially when I left to go full time with my travel blog, I was really low on money and I had to take every job I could, every opportunity I could get money I had to take. And so many of that t- those times, it was going against what I was actually, you know, wanting to remain true to myself. And so that was probably the biggest challenge was trying to stay authentic. And what I, what I came down to was that I, I don't think content creation is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of using Instagram to be able to do it, I just... I like to be as raw and open and authentic as possible. And there's just so much that's attached to Instagram. Um, Don't get me wrong, beautiful, wonderful things about it too. But that was a huge struggle for me. And I just don't think it works for me like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, there is definitely, you know, I think there's just a filter on Instagram. And I think people are aware that it's there and that, um, you know, it's not as believable as you think it is but at the same time everyone like we all still buy into it it's like um so subconscious almost that we're just like um yeah buying into it I guess and I wanted to ask um what was it Uh, (laughs) oh I just had it in my head then um okay yeah why why did you like why do you think it's so important to be your authentic self on Instagram and how what kind of steps do you take to make sure you are being authentic um look i think hmm 
I think it's not so much for anyone else. Um, like, sure, it's important to be able to show your true self and other people to be, you know, inspired or um, I guess see you as a role model to be able to stand up and be true to your values and morals. But I think it's just, it's completely for yourself. Um, like it's, I realized that when I wasn't being true to myself, I, my mental health was diminished. Um, and that it's, it's something so simple so simple but being able to go onto your instagram and i'm sure whoever uses instagram has done it before you scroll down your feed you have a look at you know what your feed looks like or what your grid looks like and so many people that i used to show my grid to were like oh wow like god damn you have such like a lush life like you've been to so many places and it looks like you're just like i wish i was you and scrolling down my feed that's not what my life is like and having people react in that way was actually really hard for me to be able to listen to and try to accept because my life whilst having my Instagram at like it's very best that it ever was was not true to who I was and my struggles because it was hard like I was having probably the biggest meltdown um when my instagram was looking the best um i think it's just important mainly for your own reflection um to be able to go on there and actually see a true representation of your life and not be clouded by what you wish your life was like um yeah <laughs> yeah no i agree um it's it's definitely tricky and especially for people um, who travel frequently and, you know, travel bloggers, it's, it's kind of hard because you do only see those really great parts of travel. And of course, like traveling is amazing. I will always encourage people to do it. Um, but it can be really difficult, but that's also one of the things that's great about it is that it can be really challenging, can be really difficult. So when people, I guess, kind of remove that component, it's, yeah, just seems really magical and better than it can be if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah um i <laughs> i tried to be like i think i had like doses in my my full-time journey where i was very honest um i'd go onto my instagram stories and i would cry and have like these massive meltdowns and i would really show that true self but when it came to the feed and to the grid on what looked good and what sold, I couldn't, sh I couldn't put photos on there that, well, I felt like I couldn't put photos on there of myself crying or of like a really hard day. I would put like a like beautiful photo with a shit story or like a really hard story. It just didn't, it looked great, but once you dived a little bit deeper, it wasn't actually all that was coming across um so yeah one thing that I've really tried to do now is I've definitely taken a step back I don't I don't really travel blog anymore um but I I share what's true to myself now and I think that's something that's really powerful um especially when there is just so much happening on Instagram and there's so many of these like perfect Instagrammers and content creators and these 
so-called perfect lives. I just think it's, um, it's really powerful to be able to step away from that and be able to share some honest truths about your life and the people that are in it as well, because that's, that's what's important. Um, yeah. So it's so important to be true to yourself in that way. Yes. And I can, I can say every time one of your photos or something you post pops on my Instagram, I, I feel so happy to be like looking at it and reading what you have to say. So I think you're doing amazing with like the con well yeah what you're creating at the moment what you're saying at the moment so it's really awesome thank um, you okay <laughs> um <laughs> well while we've kind of talked about like the dark side of traveling i guess um what have been some of your favorite traveling moments <laughs> um is it okay if i kind of tied in from one of the hardest traveling yes, moments that's okay <laughs> um so i when was it? 2018. In 2018, I left on this massive journey to become a full-time travel blogger. And within that time, I decided to ride from Germany to... <laughs> yes. yes, I remember this. From Germany through Austria into Slovakia on a pushback. Um, I was doing it solo. I am a shocking like shocking on a bike. I probably learned when I was like 12 or 13, I couldn't do the one hand. I couldn't ride down hills without like going like a kilometer an hour because I was so scared. I have um, to say, people say, oh, it's just like riding a bike. And, but actually going back to riding a bike after not riding for like 10 years is actually quite difficult. Like, <laughs> Um, anyway, so when I got to Germany, I, um, I was down in Munich and I had about three, maybe three or four days to find myself a secondhand bike to then pack up all the stuff that I've been carrying around for the last month and ride, I think it was about 400 kilometers, 350 kilometers to Slovakia. And it was like, it was super challenging. I had a lot of hardships um, within the two weeks. But on the last day, I, I like, I really had a tough time. And <laughs> I got to like the, oh, it was probably like 10 Ks to go until I actually hit my last destination. And it was a tough day. And I rode up this hill and I remember having like gang of youths blasting out loud whilst riding up this hill. And I was like, I can do it. I can do it. And I get to the top of this hill and it's just like sunflower fields everywhere. And I can look ahead and I can see like Bratislava in the background. And I just started bawling my eyes out. Um, it was probably the happiest moment of my life. I, um, yeah, I got off my bike and I just did the biggest happy dance and I cried my eyes out. Um, and it was probably the, yeah, the best, best day um, to be able to do something like that and have all of these hardships, have all these times come up where you just want to give up. And that last day, I just wanted to give up. I was, I was so done. I remember seeing that one of the taverns um, at like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And I still had about 20Ks to ride to get to Bratislava. And I was like looking up every way I could go to like get on trains, buses, taxis to just get off my bike and just get there. 
And um, I think that was what made it so bittersweet was that it was, it was so hard. Every single day of that bike ride was so hard. And then to get to that point where I was so close to finishing and yeah, and was inside, I had sunflowers surrounded me. I had my favorite, favorite band playing. It was, um, yeah, it was special. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember because we went to some sunflower fields, was it last year? I think it was last year. And yeah. As we um as we were approaching them, you put the song on, and I was like, I love this. So, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, it, um, yeah. Every time I hear that song, I just I feel with just this intense amount of joy. Um, and whenever I think of like I'm going through a tough time, I I think back to that day, and I think back to you know just how quickly things can change um and that's why you've got to you know keep create your courage up and um yeah keep yourself in high spirits even when things are, are tough because it's not always going to be you know yeah a hard time yeah, there's always going to be silver lining to a situation and yeah I feel like that's really um helped me in the last few years especially the last few months and just being able to know that you know as tough as it is now it's not always going to be like this and that there is beautiful sunshine to be had and to be seen and to be experienced so yeah <laughs> well actually one of the questions I was going to ask you was has there ever been a, like a moment in your life where you've just feel, felt completely and utterly happy and I feel like that's probably the one of those situations um has there been any other moment where you've just been filled with this immense joy? Yeah, um, <laughs> it was this year. So it was, well, when was it? It was just pretty much just when COVID really started to hit Australia um, in March. Um, I was living with my partner at the time and thought that we had a really beautiful, healthy relationship. Um, but I was kind of blinded to the truth behind it. Um, and we ended up splitting. We were, we were living together and it was, um, everything kind of happened really quickly. I moved out the next day um, and moved into my sister's house. And that was only temporary while she was in Japan. And just had like, within those like few days, there was a lot of things that happened where, <sighs> my mental health was tested. I had to look after a friend that was severely um, mentally ill. Um, I had to then find a place to live um, during COVID. Then I got sick and the place I was staying at was like, <laughs> the lady had an autoimmune disorder. So as soon as I got sick, I had to run out of there and I was staying at different hotels and had no money coming in. And I was just, I was so lost. Um, and I ended up going to, <laughs> I ended up driving down to New South Wales before the borders crossed. And this was probably like three days before the borders actually closed. And I made, <laughs> I have like a Subaru Forester and I um, made up these really dodgy curtains and got it all ready to be able to take it inland and go off grid for a few days. And I drove down to New South Wales and stayed on a, my brother's friend's property for two nights 
and I got, <laughs> I pulled into the place. I had to go like four wheel driving to get to the spot where I was camping. And I was sitting in the back of the car. I had tea and incense burning. There was like this small stream and I was just completely by myself. And I just cried. I <laughs> just like euphoric bliss of just knowing like, that I can do whatever I want to do in my life. And regardless of how hard things are, I can always overcome whatever it is. Um, I had always wanted to be able to sleep in the back of my car. That's the reason why I bought my car. And I never did because it was one, too hard, too inconvenient. Had a partner that had a car um, that we could sleep out of. And to then finally you know, have all these things happen, but still be able to sit in my own space and just be so goddamn happy to be where I was. It felt like I, I didn't need much but myself. Mm -hmm. I was just, I, I had very little happening in my life. I had a lot of, a lot of stress, a lot of discomfort, um, but I had the most intense amount of love for myself and to be able to sit in that love and to be able to just be happy to be by myself um, was incredible. I did. Yeah. I cried pretty much all night. <laughs> I remember, I think I put up a photo on my Instagram and it was the first photo that I put up where I like actually showed my true self. I put up like a selfie of me bawling my eyes out in the back of my car. And um, that was another thing that just made me feel like, okay, wow, I can, I can share whatever I want to share. Um, mm -hmm. There's no limit to it. There's, you know, th this is my space to be able to share. That just shows like so much growth as well from, you know, where you were before, where you were posting, you know, aesthetically pleasing photos um, and being real in the comments for them being able to, post a photo of you crying which might not necessarily go with your grid like that's amazing it did not go with my grid and I like I kept like scrolling down to it and I still do it now and that photo was like I guess the pivotal time in my shift of my Instagram was like okay I'm going to post whatever the hell I want to now and it's going to feel good yes I love that um <laughs> Again, that kind of leads really well into this question that I was going to ask. Um, and it was, you know, I feel like everyone has a moment or multiple moments in their life um, that really kind of either defines them or changes the traje trajectory of their life in a way. Um, you know, aside from that moment, I feel like was one for you. Um, aside from that, do you have any others that you think really made you think, wow, like this is where change is happening sort of thing? Um, that definitely was probably the most pivotal moment in my life. Um, that whole period when COVID started probably from March to even now, but, um, I was without a home for about two months and that was something that really pushed me to step out of my, my comfort zone and, um, really witness the love and the support that I had around me. But, um, other times, God damn. Um, probably when I was living, sorry, just after the travel blogging stint, I was spending majority of my time in Europe 
Um, this was about four or five months into the travel blogging and I got back to Abu Dhabi to go see my parents where they live and just took a, a big breather. Um, and to me, that time was to reset so I could go again. And I had left Australia being so sure that I was going to make it as a travel blogger and that I wasn't going to stop until I made it. And I, I knew when I got to Abu Dhabi that I did not want to continue and I fought it for a really long time. Um, but I think making this decision to come back to Australia and know that I wasn't failing by coming back to Australia. I was actually super strong to be able to make that decision um, was probably the start of something super, super special. Um, because yeah, I wanted to stop um, pretty soon into the travel blogging, but I, um, yeah, just like anything, I think when, you know, your path changes, the first thing that you think of, or at least what I thought of was, God damn, like I'm failing now. Like that's, you know, I must not be good enough. Or um, you just, you always think of the negative. You don't think of the positive first. And to be able to come to the terms with um, being like, hang on a sec, like I have achieved so much. And to be able to see the positivity and what I've been able to do and the strength in being able to say, hang on a sec, this isn't right for me anymore. Doesn't mean that I've, I've failed. It just means I'm growing and I'm learning. And so when I, when I got on that plane to come back to Australia and I landed, it was this incredible shift for me. Um, and I finally like could really appreciate my home country for what it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's probably, it was a, it was a big moment. It was a big moment. It really shifted my view on um, success. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, particularly in like our society and culture that we are in, um, there's such a negative connotation around like quitting and for everyone who's listening, I'm putting that in air quotations. Um, and I, <laughs> like, I actually think that, you know, there is, there is strength in quitting and like knowing when, when to like take a step back and be like, you know what, I need to reevaluate. Um, and I think, yeah, there is a lot of strength in that and it's not necessarily a weak thing. Hmm. Completely. Yeah. I think, um, I think what we're, you know, taught in school and, and in society is that you have this path and you have this one career path and, you know, you, you do everything that you can to make it into that career and to make it big and to be successful. But, um, really for me now, like happiness is success for me. Um, I think that's a lot, what a lot of people can probably take out of it too, is that, success is isn't linear at all um and i see it as in the form of happiness and joy and my mental health um you know if my mind my body and my heart's happy that's success um and not being able to be true to myself but doing the you know making money or being like oh no this is going to benefit my career like that's that's not mm healthy for me and that's not what I define as success anymore yeah I saw this quote the other day um it was your spiritual cravings cannot be 
quenched by material things. And I, I love it. I'm living for that at the moment. Yeah. Completely. Mm. Completely. I think when we um, care so much about material aspects in our life, we can never allow ourselves to be completely satisfied mm-hmm. or happy with where we are and what we have. Because mm-hmm. um, we're always seeking more. Mm-hmm. And it's going to just constantly be like that. Um, and so, yeah, I think diving, like diving within and going internal is just incredibly powerful. Um, and you realize just how much is in there and how much good there is and how much joy you can find with just being able to be content with what's happening inside of you and not necessarily externally. Yeah. And, um, I love that you just said basically, um, that happiness is how you measure your success. I love that. Um, and what kind of things do you like doing to make sure that you are feeling happy and well in yourself? Um, I, I play a lot. Like I, I don't know why, but you know, when you become a, even when you become a teenager and you step into, you know, your adolescence, you stop playing for some unknown reason like you know you don't play games anymore you might every now and then have like a board games night or I know play like some sports but structured games I like I really dive into play and Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing where I really find my happiness now um is by having a really beautiful balance of it like I, I fired twirl I brought a slack line I got hula hoops like I just um yeah it's just so cool to actually be able to play as an adult and I think that's what's really like brought up this zest in my life mm-hmm. is that there's there's balance and I can let like my inner child out and have all this fun I love that um yeah it is it, it is kind of an interesting thing like at what point do we stop playing and why why is it that we do that so that's so cool and sorry forgive me what is a slack line oh my god a slack line it's kind of like I guess like a tightrope oh Um, Mm. it's maybe a bit thicker and mine's got a bit of like bounce to it Mm -hmm. so um like I've only just started but oh my lord it is so fun and the thing is, is with like all of these things that I've started doing, all these toys that I have and going out to parks and setting it up between trees or, you know, playing around with like my fire toys and hula hoops is that it attracts all of these wonderful humans. And like I, I've met my most recent partner from playing out on the beach and just being incredibly curious as to what I was doing. It just seems to attract a really wonderful, fun bunch of people. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And the fire twirling, whenever you like post um, on your story, it looks so cool. So that's so <laughs> awesome that you're doing something so awesome like that. Yeah, it's, it is really cool. I, um, I mean, I only really learned how to light a lighter probably like three years ago. Yeah. I was incredibly scared of fire. Um, and so it does feel like I'm tackling a fear doing my fire twirling. Um, but I don't know, you step into it and it's a flow of meditation. Um, you forget what's happening around you and you're just concentrating on how your body's moving. And yeah, it's really beautiful now. I, I use it as meditation. I love that. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, so what would you say for you has been kind of the biggest or one of the biggest lessons that you have learnt in life? Is it about, you know, happiness and success or what brought you to that? Yeah, look, I think it is. I definitely think that there is a lot that people can learn from just um, going within and trying to work out what's actually right for them and what's actually going to make them happy. Mm. Um, and, and with that, allowing yourself to be completely vulnerable um, and being able to share. If you're not, you know, if something's not making you happy, if it's a relationship or a job, to actually be able to step up and own that and be like, okay, this isn't, this isn't working for me. How am I going to actually make this change? And how am I going to do this for myself and not for anyone else? Um, so yeah, I think it's just, it's so important to, to stay true to yourself and to always put yourself first um, and be a little bit selfish in that regard. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, looking after you because if you're not, you know, in the right mindset, if you're not happy, you can't, help others in you know the truest way that you can in the most beneficial way you need to be you know looking after yourself first before you can help others I, I believe at least yeah no I, I definitely agree you can't help others until you help yourself sort of thing 100% yeah, yeah. so what would you tell your 18 year old self if you could speak to her <laughs> oh boy Hmm. He was so loved, so loved. Um, yeah. When I was 18, I didn't feel like I was, I was a great person. It's not that I had bad characteristics or I did bad things. I just didn't think I was this wonderful radiant being and mm -hmm. I did not love the human I was. Um, I very much, seeks that love from other people um so I think yeah just to let her know that she is so loved and she is so worthy of being loved and she belongs wherever she is and where it like however she feels and whatever way she wants to show up she'll always be loved I love that yeah <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> and do you like do you think it's important to be able to um be I guess comfortable in being alone with yourself yeah completely mm -hmm. um I think that's where I've really found my power to is is by just sitting with my thoughts and my feelings and really understanding what's happening deep inside of me um I like I'll talk back into my past a little bit if that's okay like I all of my relationships were basically to validate myself. Um, I always felt like I needed a human in my life, a partner in my life to actually feel like I was loved and was worthy of love. Um, and that I was actually a decent human. Um, and so constantly seeking out that and never knowing like what was actually happening inside of me was incredibly toxic. Um, and it was probably from my last relationship that he really, really helped me with that. Um, and kind of allowed me to be that independent self. Um, 
and really let my, you know, what was happening inside of me shine. Um, and yeah, know that I didn't need a, another human in my life to be able to see that. Like I could see that within myself without having a partner. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And that's so great that, um, your previous partner was able to help you, um, and that well, just people in your life are able to help you see your potential and you know, how great you are. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also really important. Like, I mean, my partner, my partners have been incredibly helpful in that, to that extent, but also in who you surround yourself with, um, in your tribe and especially the women, um, the women in my life are so incredible. Um, and they are like my support system. So, um, I think that, yeah, building your, your friendship circles as well and having people that encourage you and support you and will hold you in whatever space that you're in is mm. it's really, really special. Um, yeah. And they, they help you see what's inside and yeah. Yeah. I love that. And do you think, um, traveling solo, do you think that has helped you realize that, um, at all in a way? I kind of, but I think that was always this part of me that like, I love traveling solo. Um, but I was still trying to find a relationship on the road. Um, I was still trying to, you know, find love or if I didn't find connections on the road, I would be really like, I beat myself up about it a lot. And so it's helped me in the sense of, being pretty content with like my time that I have with myself. Um, I love my alone time, but yeah, I, I did seek a lot of connection on the road. And when it, when it didn't come, I was pretty, pretty sad and pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I think that's, that's a actually a really good point as well. Um, trying to constantly seek out something and then, yeah, when it's not there, it's, um, disappointing but it's good to know that you know you've come back and you've really found your own I guess in on the Sunshine Coast which I'm really jealous about I love the Sunshine Coast <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah yes yeah, sorry go oh no I was just gonna say it's amazing <laughs> you can oh, do yeah. yeah and um when I came back from traveling I I kind of like made it my mission I was like oh, I'm gonna find going to find a man and I'm going to settle down and I'm not going to travel as much. And, um, I, yeah, I spent so long just seeking and seeking and going on heaps of dates. And like, it was awesome. I was putting myself out there and like, kudos to me. I tried really hard, but with that came that exhaustion. And I, I guess I kind of gave up a little bit and I was like, look, if, if I'm going to find like the love of my life, it's not going to be from me just seeking and trying to find someone that could, I guess, numb what I was feeling inside of me. Um, and as soon as I stopped, I ran into Ben and he was just this magical, wonderful, life-changing human. Um, that's still incredibly, um, inspirational for me. Um, you know, a year on from when we started in our relationship. So yeah, <laughs> um, I think when you stop searching and um, trying to numb out your feelings, you'll actually be surprised at what you can find. 
Yeah, stop looking and it'll magically appear in front of you. <laughs> yeah, we've got to put some of the groundwork in. <laughs> but um, yeah, do the inner work first. Do the inner work first and then, um, yeah, some magical things will happen in your life. Amazing. Um, I wanted to ask as well, do you currently have any goals for yourself, whether that be um, for your career, for your well-being or travel or anything? Like, what, what are your current goals? Um, so really right now I, I'm focusing on just being in the now, being really present. Um, I can't wait to do my yoga teacher training course. Um, I was meant to be over in Nepal or Sri Lanka doing that, um, but COVID. So that's okay. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just working on, on being really happy. Um, and I think the problem is, is with sometimes when we goal set, especially with New Year's and New Year's resolutions, is that we just overload ourselves um, and we just, we put out these unrealistic lists and, you know, when we don't meet them, then we, you know, beat ourselves up about it. And I, um, yeah, I've, I've stopped doing that. I, for me, what's important right now in my life is that I'm happy, I'm healthy um, you know, I've got things that are pushing me along. I've got a tribe that supports me. Um, I do have like some photography, I guess, gigs and passions I want to work with and projects. Um, so I want to, I'm doing some work with Oz Harvest at the moment. I'm going to uh, ask about that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so that's it. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing some volunteer photography work mm. for them. Um, just to share the stories of the people that are behind the charity, the volunteers and the people that, you know, do such good work in our community to be able to put out all this food that was going to waste and be able to serve, you know, the hungry and the vulnerable in Brisbane is incredible work. And I'm starting to build up a bit of a, a bit of a um, series with Oz Harvest. So that's really exciting. Um, And with everything that's been happening, especially in the last few months with Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. I really want to get together a piece on um, Indigenous women on the Sunshine Coast or in Queensland. It's still in the planning um, stages, but I've got a few women that are in mind that are interested and yeah, I'm not too sure on the angle I want to take, but I know that there's there's passion and there's drive behind that. And um, yeah, my focus is going towards those things at the moment. But most of all, to be happy and healthy, it's kind of all I could ask for right now. Yeah, I love that. And those last two ones, both obviously amazing causes that are just super amazing that you're getting behind. Um, but yeah, do you like? Would you mind talking a little bit about Oz Harvest? Like what? what they do and how you came across them? Yeah, so um, Oz Harvest is this awesome charity. Um, it was started by a lady called Ronnie and um, she is just a power horse of a woman. She is incredible. Um, but basically Oz Harvest rescues food that was going to be going to waste and transport it out to different charities in different cities um, to help feed the hungry. Um, so they, like in Brisbane alone, they have, I think maybe eight or nine trucks that go out every day, Monday to Friday, to pick up food that was going to be going oh. to the waste. 
and drops it off that same day to various charities around Brisbane that need it. Um, I think on average the trucks pick up like 800 to 1,000 kilograms of food every day. Wow. So that's like 8,000 kilograms one day between in just in Brisbane. Um, and so I... I got onto it last year, about this time last year, I did my first volunteering shift as like a um, offsider in the, the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just, um, it was incredible to be able to see the difference um, that I was going to be making to all these people that were receiving this food. Um, and the food is awesome. Like it's not just, you know, like scrappy foods and leftovers, like amazing stuff that's getting thrown in the bin and so not only is it able to go feed these people that really really need it but it's also contributing to like you know the environmental Mm -hmm. side of things and like the fact that we waste so much good quality food Mm. every day is just shocking so yeah they're doing an amazing thing by being able to like you know tackle two things at once like two really really big things at once um and yeah I've done a few different photography stuff for them and I just yeah I think that there's a lot a lot to share um the people that are behind the scenes and I just keep one like I keep want to share the the goodness that they do mm-hmm. and um, put the word out there so more people can get onto it and more people can be fed and yeah yeah that that is so awesome and just you're right how many like different ways it contributes to our world you know feeding people who who need it and you know the environmental factor as well that's so awesome and so cool that you get to be a part of something like that that's great yeah it's um it's a it's a good charity I've especially with my photography work um I've always wanted to step into social documentary um and work with NGOs like all over the world um and to I've never really known where I want to do and like what stories I, I really want to tell and, you know, what crisis I want to cover. But to have a charity that covers two of the things that I am incredibly passionate about in the one is just like, it just feels, yeah, it feels too good to be true to not be doing work with them. So yeah, very, very cool charity that I'd encourage for people to get on board um, if they can, if they've got some spare time to share. Yeah. That's great. Um, so I've only got a couple questions left. Um, bit of a kind of last few questions. Um, a bit lighter, I think. Uh, the first one would be, <laughs> out of all the countries you've been to, what would be your favourite? Um, <laughs> can, I, can I give top three? Yes. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, my favourite is definitely Sri Lanka. Yeah. Uh, but my top three would be Sri Lanka. Albania and probably Scotland um but yeah Sri Lanka is just this this goddamn awesome country and I am itching to get back there I can't wait um the food is amazing the people are beautiful you you know it's a really small country so you can kind of feel like you know you drive 20 minutes from a beach and you get to a rainforest so you get to you know you know kind of like I guess what's uh considered outback Sri Lanka and there's elephants and it's just like everything is within an hour's drive and it feels like you're you know 
four countries in one. Yep, Sri Lanka is definitely um, top of my list to, yeah, <laughs> to explore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, completely. Because yeah, when you were there, you um you got there and then you had to leave. Yeah, yeah. For those um who don't know, I went to Sri Lanka last year um to complete a mental health placement um, and I arrived the day of the Easter bombings. So yeah, basically got there and then within a couple of days, program was cancelled and they were like, get on out. <laughs> so um yeah, no, I'd be really excited to go back because I obviously didn't get to experience it that much. It's such an incredible country. Mm. Um, I, I can't wait to get back there as soon as the um, borders reopen and international yeah. travels are free. I can see myself living on Ar- in Aragon Bay, you know, yoga in the mornings, surf in the afternoons, Amazing. naps, hammock, smoothies all day. Like, I just... The dream. I, I love it. Dream life over there. Dream slow life, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Okay, and then so my final question was, um, if you could meet anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would you want to meet? Granny Brown. Okay. Why's that? Yeah. <laughs> She's like a girl crush. I love her so much. Have you heard of Brené Brown? See, the name rings a bell because I remember thinking, Brené, that's such an unusual name, but I'm like, I can't think of who she is. Yeah, so Brené Brown is just this boss lady um she is well known for her um ted talk power vulnerability Mm -hmm. um yeah and it's just she just speaks the truth and she has got so much to share on stepping out into you know your honest raw self um and yeah shares like tips with vulnerability and um you know why it's so important to allow yourself to be vulnerable and to therefore be seen um I've learned so much from her um and like I would just I would just love to see her and just um yeah be able to talk to her like face to face and have a conversation about you know share how much it's helped me and um yeah she's a she's a cool human that um look one day I will bump into her (laughs) manifest it and it will come true yeah power of manifestation baby it's a a potion thing okay well might wrap up our conversation there um thank you so much for coming on um and now if uh anyone who's listening wants to follow so because I wasn't lying before when I said whenever I see anything she posts I always just feel so <laughs> happy um she has Instagram adventures of Soph with two h's yeah. and captured by Soph with two h's as well is that right <laughs> yeah, yeah with a double h but it works yeah okay awesome yeah so thank you so much Soph oh pleasure thank you for having me So that brings us to the end of the third episode of the Powerful People podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed um, listening to the conversation I had with Sophie. I, for one, really enjoyed recording it. Now, if you would like to follow Sophie on Instagram, her handles are at Adventures of Soph, Soph with two H's, and at Captured by Soph. Again, Soph with two H's. 
Um, as I said, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, let me know what you think by posting on my Instagram or sliding into my DMs at Powerful People Podcast. I would appreciate any feedback you guys have. So we'll see you next time for episode four, which should be coming out within the next two weeks. Thanks, guys. Bye.